Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, last week we talked about how you decide whether to practice indoors or outdoors at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. This week you held practices at Accresure Stadium. What was your thinking there? You know, we needed the elements, we needed the weather, we needed the windage, um, but we also needed a safe environment from a footing standpoint. You know, the ground is heated over at the stadium very much like uh, game day playing surfaces, and so we went for realism. Uh, we took the short trek over to the stadium, got a couple of good days' work, got a chance to work in the elements, got a chance for ball placement and ball tracking uh, in the elements while at the same time not compromising health and safety from a footing perspective. I understand that weather is an issue for both teams, and that makes it fair, but does weather or the threat of weather impact the week's preparation in terms of what you may or may not include in the plan? Without question. Uh, you want to take the mystique out of it, and so that's that's preparedness. Um, if you're anticipating a lot of rain, you work with wet balls, for example. You know, if you anticipate windage and so forth being an issue, you don't run from that in prep, you run to it. Um, and so um, you want preparation to be as game-like as possible. And so those are some of the things that you do in terms of being able to change practice times and locations in an effort to best simulate uh, game day activity. You mentioned wind. Uh, of all the elements that you might face outdoors, wind is never constant. I mean, if it's rain and it's rain and, you know, if it's cold, it's cold. So how does that make it the trickiest of all the potential elements to prepare for and then execute in? With, without, without a doubt. Um, without a doubt because you can't anticipate the gust. Um, but you better be prepared. There better be a preparedness. There better be an agenda. There be, better be an understanding based on it. Potentially, this is our field goal line when we're going this direction because of potential windage. This is our field goal line going this direction because of potential windage. It doesn't necessarily mean that you could have windage when you're there and you're approaching and you're making a decision about whether to kick, but you better, you know, do your due diligence from a preparedness standpoint pregame in terms of some of those things. Um, how does the windage carry the deep ball? Is it going to push it out of bounds? Is it going to push it toward the middle of the field in a certain direction? Um, you know, it's, it's a myriad of things, um, but it, it becomes somewhat routine when you've been in it a while. Uh, a week of preparation in the playoffs, does it feel any different? I mean, more urgency, uh, more focus, more of an understanding that this really is officially win or go home? You know, it's probably a little bit more of that, but probably less for us than some others because we've been in a real heightened and urgent state uh, for some time now for obvious reasons. And so certainly it is different, uh, but we've probably been been in more of that state than some of the others in the field over the last two or three weeks. Is it more exciting, more fun, any of that stuff? I love playoff football. I always do. I love um, when the football season comes to a close, but we're still partaking. High school football has been over. College football is most recently over. Now over half the National Football League is on vacation, 18 teams. And so you just really respect and appreciate being a part 
of football when it's scarce. Um, as the road gets narrow, um, you're still in it. And if you love it, if you love competition, uh, you really appreciate being a component of that. Mason Rudolph is the starter today. What can a quarterback do from a physical preparation standpoint to, do, to deal with or combat the elements? You know, work. Um, get on an accord with receivers. Um, and that's what this week was about for us. Uh, we've been inside some in recent weeks uh, because of weather conditions and so forth. And um, it was just good to be out in it. Um, for him to gauge his deep ball and things of that nature and see the effects of windage on it, um, get on the same page with receivers relative to those things. And, and so it's, it's, it's really no secret. It's, you know, confidence is steeped in preparation. Uh, preparation is based on repetition. Is there any truth to this quarterback, his arm, he can cut through the wind, this quarterback cannot? I mean, or is that just people talking? To a degree, certainly. Um, man, there's a value in arm strength. Um, a guy that can power a football, um, without a doubt. Um, there, there are varying degrees of it. Um, how significant it is, it depends on how significant the windage is. Um, ben, for example, I, I know that he loved inclement weather because just about in every circumstance he was going to perform to more normalcy than the opposing quarterback no matter who it was. Uh, because that was just reflective of his arm talent. And not only his arm talent, but his experience. You know, a Northwest Ohio boy, um, he was used to the elements. Uh, T.J. Watt is out with a knee injury. Uh, your other outside linebackers are Alex Highsmith, Marcus Golden, and Nick Herbig. What do you need from them today, and is there any such thing as them trying to do too much to compensate? You know, I, I don't know that we're worried about them doing too much in this particular instance. I think all of those guys know they're not TJ, you know, um, but we need them to play well. Um, and we need them to make the plays that they need to make. Um, it's not only a player responsibility in terms of replacing a player, the caliber of TJ, it is probably more importantly, a coach responsibility. Um, oftentimes we use cliches like you got red paint, you paint your barn red. Um, the loss of TJ is significant. Um, the schematics change. A lot of things change. Um, the way that Buffalo intends to attack us will change. When they were in one-dimensional passing moments uh, prepping for this game, I'd imagine that they had eligible receivers helping uh, their right tackle in terms of securing that edge. Uh, when there's no TJ over there, they got more latitude in terms of decision-making in one-dimensional passing moments. And so there's a lot of things that are affected by his presence or lack of presence, and the player component is just uh, a fraction of it. Okay, today's opponent is the Buffalo Bills, and the player who immediately comes to mind is quarterback Josh Allen. What kind of design quarterback runs do the Bills utilize with Allen? You know, they use um, some gap scheme runs. They, they, they pull the tackle a bunch uh, in an effort to gain um, a, a blocker at the point of attack. Um, that allows them to keep the point of attack cleaner so there's less clutter. Um, and, and I'm sure it's designed to, to safeguard him, to keep him healthy. Uh, but he is a competitor. He is really talented. Um, they run him a lot, to be quite honest with you. He's got 15 rushing touchdowns. And so that talks to you about an area on the field specifically where they run him. But they'll run him on, on possession downs in an effort to get a new set of downs. Um, they're really thoughtful and good about the utilization of his talents in that way.
In terms of going about minimizing his running, is it similar at all to minimizing Lamar Jackson's running? You know, um, in, in in some ways, yes. In, in their willingness to use schematics to highlight it, it makes it 11-on-11 football. Uh, there's a difference between an athletic quarterback that ad-libs as plays break down um, and turns passing concepts into potential running concepts than it is the design run component. Um, you can play traditional football and manage quarterback mobility from a scramble standpoint. You have to throw schematics at design quarterback running. And, th- and in that way, they're similar to Baltimore. There's some design quarterback runs uh, where you have to match the mathematic component of it. If you got Minka standing in the middle of the field and they're utilizing the quarterback as a runner, then you're playing 10 on 11. Um, and, and so you're going to lose some of that unless people are whooping blocks and making tackles. And so the schematic run component of quarterback play really changes um, decision-making from a defensive perspective, and in that way they're similar to Baltimore. In the passing game, Josh Allen frequently looks to his two tight ends. One of them is Dalton Kincaid, who has 91 targets and 73 catches. The other one is Dawson Knox, who is 6'4", 255 pounds. Uh, How are those tight ends utilized within the Bills' offense? You know, they control the middle of the field. Um, but while I say that, they're also very flexible in terms of moving people around. They're a matchup-oriented group is probably the best way to put it. And a guy like Stefan Diggs uh, absorbs a lot of attention, oftentimes, particularly in weighty moments. Uh, he, he gets the attention of multiple DBs. It's double teams and so forth. And really, it just provides one-on-one opportunities for other guys. And we talk about a guy like... Kincaid, who was a late first-round pick, oftentimes he is too athletic for linebackers to cover. And so if two guys are occupied by by Stephon Diggs, there's a one-on-one matchup. The Gabe Davis matchup is a one-on-one matchup. The James Cook, uh, who is really talented in the passing game, is another one-on-one matchup. And so they've done a really nice job of surrounding Josh Allen with a bunch of credible guys that can win one-on-one matchups. And we got a special guy like Stephon Diggs that usually absorbs the attention of two, then they have their pick of options. And when you got high pedigreed options, as you mentioned, like Knox and Kincaid, who were drafted relatively high and really thought of um, well in the passing game, uh, they're positioned to produce the type of targets and numbers that you mentioned. Is there a particular unit or particular players on your defense who, who will do the heavy lifting in terms of covering those tight ends? You know, it, it's... You know, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. Um, linebackers and safeties are responsible for, for tight end coverage globally in the National Football League. Um, depending on down and distance and circumstances and the potential for run oftentimes or not depends on whether it is a linebacker or a safety. Um, you're not going to have corners in there um, in most circumstances because you're giving up too much regarding the run and the run game component of it. And so – um, it'll be a mix of linebackers and safeties for us, but I didn't give you any fruitful information uh, because that's always the case. <laughs> uh, this will be the fifth game against the Bills in a five-year span, and as you have mentioned, there is a lot of tape to digest. Do you see that familiarity as an asset or as an additional challenge? You know, it just depends on perspective. Um, in terms of being in the same space and, and how the athletes match up, the pedigree component of it, uh, it is very useful. Um, if you're looking at the schematic component of it, 
Um, you can trick yourself. Um, over that five-year span, man, they've gone from the ball uh, to Ken Dorsey to now Joe Brady uh, in terms of play callers. On the other side of the ball, they went from Leslie Frazier to Sean McDermott. And so um, you can seek comfort in that familiarity, um, but, but the play caller, um, the, the architect, if you will, um, how they land that plane, some of the details, um, the things that might represent them from a personality standpoint in weighty moments could be dramatically different. And so you better not assume anything. And that's the spirit in which I prepare, even with familiar opponents. Every week I, I start again anew. Um, I think that's the appropriate way to proceed in the National Football League. Uh, when you start assuming, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, the Steelers' last win in the playoffs came in 2016. Is ending that streak a rallying point? You know, not necessarily for our guys. That's my story. Um, that's not Herbick's story. 2016, Herbick was probably in ninth grade. Um, guys like Landon Roberts was playing for other teams. It's not their burden to bear. Um, I don't ask them to tote my luggage. Um, I don't project my luggage onto them. Uh, this is a 2023-2024 Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm concerned about this journey um, and rallying cries as it pertains to this group. Um, and sometimes you're kidding yourself if you think history like that is important to guys that weren't a part of it. It's not. That's the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Subscribe and download new episodes every week and check out all of the other shows we have to offer on the Steelers Podcast Network that's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.